0: A quick reminder, the hosts of this show are employees of Mach 1 Financial Group. This podcast is for informational purposes only and nothing said on the show should be taken as investment advice. Employees and clients of Mach 1 Financial Group may maintain positions in the securities or strategies discussed.
1: Hello and welcome to the Mach 1 Market Moment, where we provide financial information on topics such as investing, insurance, financial planning, and everything related to your money and this is episode number 44 so welcome this is Mike Frost and today on the podcast we'll be discussing seven tips and ideas on how to spring clean your finances as you can look out the window here today as we're recording this the sun's shining trees are blooming grass needs to be mowed weeds are growing so we need to spring clean our finances as well as our homes too All right, first of all, welcome to the podcast. Our CEO and founder, Mr. David Lee. David, you got weeds at your house?
2: Yeah, you bet. Good morning, Mike. Glad to be here and I'm excited about this topic. You know, perfect timing as we're all uh, excited to see new life and new growth appearing, especially after the rough year we went through last year. So, uh, I'm happy to talk about spring cleaning. And as we, you know, you mentioned the weeds growing, we're going to talk about that here more in a minute. That's always the thing that that grows naturally without any effort. And so it's important, not just like it's important to keep those weeds out of your garden. It's important to keep them out of your financial life, too, which we'll be talking about today.
1: Amen to that. And Matt, you just got moved into a new home. I'm sure you don't have any weeds in your yard. I've already been out there spraying a couple (laughs) times. And Natalie's also in a new home. I'm not sure. It is beautiful. Your landscape yard and everything, you're ready to go. Good to go. Good to go. (laughs) All right, folks, we got seven tips here. So if you got a pencil and paper, if you're sitting down and uh, listening to this, uh, you might want to take some notes. If not, you can replay this when you get to a point where you can sit down. Okay, Folks, let's talk about first one. First item we should do on spring cleaning. It's the number one thing we think is your success factor for being financially successful, and that's update or create a monthly budget. Matter, David, any thoughts on that?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Like you said, this is the, uh, or like we always say, this is the most foundational element to having long-term financial success, right? Because- Having financial success ultimately means you've got more money coming in than you've got going out, which means you're building up a surplus. You're building up retirement savings so that you can one day have that money working for you, earning interest for you, rather than you going to work to earn the money. Right. And that once you get to that kind of critical point of mass with respect to the size of your retirement savings, that's the point at which you can afford to retire where the, those savings are generating sufficient cash flow to meet your needs each month. We can only get there if you're, Spending less than you bring in every month and saving the difference, and you can only make that happen if you have a budget to account for every single dollar that you spend each month, and having a plan in place to save and invest the difference. We have great tools, right, Matt, to get help people get that put into place.
3: Absolutely, yeah. Part of our retirement analysis, you know, with our retirement flight planner, is to start with the budget, and we ask people to to create that and put that. we know share it with them electronically and they can plug that in. And that's really the foundation for building any type of long-term retirement plan. And me and Haley actually just did this not long ago. We both sat down. um, We sat down together and kind of looked at how things had changed over the last year and saw where, you know, we, we had a kid last year. So it's kid number three and what we had been kind of allocating for groceries and various things that changed. And so we sat down and said, we need to increase these. We took a couple away, saw, things that we could get rid of. And so it was It was good for both of us to just get on the same page and see how things have changed.
2: Absolutely. It's part of that, you know, we were just talking about spring cleaning and, and the weeds growing, right? Back at my house, man, isn't it amazing how the weeds just thrive? I mean, you don't have to do anything for those weeds to grow and thrive. They just come up. Um, you've got to, it really takes effort to keep those weeds pulled and sprayed and And, and so that the stuff that you want to grow can grow. Well, it's the same thing with your finances. Like you were just saying, Matt, I mean, if you don't take a regularly, regular look at your budget, and I know we're going to talk about some of these items later, but regularly reviewing, uh, how much your, um, cable bill is changing. We all Mm -hmm. know how the cable companies love to raise that bill every year, your insurance bills and, and all kinds of things, life changes that you mentioned, Matt, those are examples of the weeds, so to speak, that just naturally crop in. If you don't go in and pull those financial weeds on a regular basis, it gets out of control. And pretty soon you don't have that surplus so that you're saving more, so that you're
1: you're building up that retirement savings so that you can one day retire. And Dave, your point about retirement, it how can anybody retire if they don't know how much they're spending? If you don't know how much you're spending, you don't know how much you need to retire. So it's the chicken or the egg. And we think the budget is the most important. Absolutely. And for those of you that have not done a budget, it's like, well, heck, how do I start? Well, Natalie has done a fantastic job of creating a lesson on our website called Money School. You go there as a video, you click on events, click on Money School, and use the first lesson, the most important lesson, is on everything on how to do a budget. If you don't have a budget, you need to create one. If you have one, create like Matt says please update it and do it monthly before the month begins. All right. That's number one. Number two, we got our budget done. Number two, how about we set and retract and update our financial goals? Financial goals. What are those? Yeah.
3: Well, like anything in life, if you're not working towards something, you're probably not getting very moving in the right direction. So I think setting goals and you know, whether it be saving, whether it be buying your next car, because you know, you'll need a car in a year or two. I mean, you can go down the list of, you know, new purchases or new savings goals or new investing goals or new giving goals. You know, giving is a great thing to look at, at the beginning of the year. Um, you know, where are we going to give? How much are we going to give? And I, I would challenge everybody to kind of really try to, you know, push yourselves in that arena. I think oftentimes we don't do as much of that as we probably should. So setting goals in all of those areas gives us a It gives us something to look forward to, gives us something to shoot for. And if if your general goal is just to save, well, how do you know if you're doing a good job or not, right? Because you have no idea of are we doing what we wanted to do or anything
1: like that. goes back to my favorite quote from Zig Ziglar. If you aim at nothing, you'll surely hit it. So if you don't have a goal to hit, you don't really know if you're going to make any progress or not. Right. So Matt mentioned a few things, you know, getting rid of debt. I mean, if that's not a goal, you're probably not going to get rid of debt. How about your net worth? Do you know what your net worth is? David, can you explain what net worth really is? Yeah, it's pretty simple. It's just basically all of your assets
2: minus all of your liabilities. So assets would be things like uh, the equity in your home would be a, an a a big asset that most people have. Obviously, your uh, the value of your IRAs and 401ks, Roth IRAs, trust trust accounts, et cetera, et cetera. Those would be all of your assets. Liabilities would be the more remaining mortgage balance on your home and any other debts that you own or that you have that you owe rather. Um,
1: so basically, net worth is just assets minus liabilities equals your net worth. And put it in layman's term, what you own. Minus what you owe is your net worth. And once that number is a million, you're a millionaire, right? That's right. Pretty simple. All right. Pretty simple. How about your savings rate? If you're, if you make a thousand dollars a month and you save a hundred dollars, you've got a 10% savings rate. So what is your savings rate? If you don't know, it might be good to calculate it. And not only is it good to know
2: what your savings rate is, I would say it's equally important or maybe even more important to know what your savings rate should be. Mm. And again, that's, that's where we can really help, you know, because most people have no idea. They don't know if, well, is saving 50 bucks a month going to be enough for me or a hundred bucks a month. Some people, some people may think that they've got to save a really huge amount to get to where they need to be. And it's, it's greatly dependent, right, Matt, on what your ultimate goals are and what your lifestyle needs are going to be, what kind of a lifestyle you're going to have to support and and how many years you've got. To save and invest that money,
3: right? Yeah, some people, you know, we come, they'll come in and they'll say, Well, I, you know, I plan on work until I'm 70, I enjoy what I do. Well, that's very different versus someone who comes in and says, Man, I want to retire when I'm 55. That's right, <laughs> like you've got to be a lot, you know, your there's financial a steeper goal. hill to climb, yeah. yeah, So it's just very different. So it, there's not a set percentage that is the right amount for that's everybody. right, it, it's different for
2: everybody. And we can we can help figure out what that number is for you doing this retirement analysis that we talk about so so often. And I want to go back real quick before we transition to your next topic, uh, Mike, about, um, you know, setting goals like you talked about earlier. Zig Ziglar saying if you aim at nothing, you're sure to hit it. Well, it's even biblical. I mean, there's a verse in Proverbs. It's in chapter 29 says that where there is no, and there's different translations of it, but the one I like says where there is no vision, the people perish. In other words, if you don't, kind of like Zig Ziglar saying, if you don't know what you're aiming for, you're, you're going to end up in a bad spot. So, like, so it's even in the Bible where there is no vision, the people perish. So it's important to have a vision, know what you're wanting to accomplish, and then have a
1: plan that involves daily steps that you're taking to get to that goal. All right, so, so we talked about budget, we talked about setting goals, and you could even break them down to short term goals, like fully funding your emergency fund, you could have midterm goals like saving up for a vacation or a car. And then those long term goals, which re- we really have expertise is, is, is retirement or maybe buying a second home or something like that. But you got to have you got to sit down and do it. Like Matt yeah. said, Sit down. Take ten or fifteen minutes a month and do this. Just like it takes time to pull the weeds, and if you don't do it, what's going to happen? You're going to have nothing but have
2: weeds. A, that's right. So it does take effort. Anything in life worth doing is going to take some effort.
1: Okay, one that here's one everybody's going to love. We're going to get a lot of feedback on this one. We got doing a budget. We got setting goals. Next thing we should do, and for our financial spring cleaning, is look at our taxes. Hey, Matt, you get a huge tax refund at the end of the year. That's a good thing, isn't it? Well, a lot of people surprisingly (laughs) think so. They look at it
3: that way. I mean, they look at it. It's almost like this end of year bonus, and you know, and hopefully this doesn't. I don't step on any toes here, but you know, most of the time when when we're looking at that as like a bonus or a good thing, it's because we don't have. We know we can't manage the money ourselves throughout the year. Because if we in the ideal situation, we're going to basically break even, quote unquote, break even on our taxes. Not going to owe a lot. Not going to get a lot back. When it comes to tax time, so that's where we want to be, and ideally, we feel like I would hope that you feel like you can do more with the money than giving it to the government and getting a big check back at the end of the year um if If you're someone who gets a big check and you look at that as a as a positive, then you know it's, I think it now's a great time to sit down and reevaluate what you're have withheld, where you could put that money to work throughout the year and stuff because you're basically giving them an in, interest free loan, yeah. For a year and then getting it back, versus yeah. you know doing something with yeah.
2: it. Yeah. So imagine, let's say you typically get twenty five hundred a year back in a refund, just to pick a number. Well, that's that's a little over two hundred dollars a month when you annualize it. So imagine that you had that extra two hundred and that you were putting that two hundred a month into a savings or an investment account for yourself every month instead of giving it to the government with zero rate of return and just getting your own money back once a year. Which do you think is going to pay better dividends for you in the long run? It's pretty obvious when you
1: think about it that way, right?
2: Absolutely. So
1: how do people fix it? If they're either getting a big refund or having to pay a lot, how do they fix that problem? It would be changing your W-4 at work,
3: right? And what you're having withheld and your deductions and looking at, just making sure you're set up to maximize. Maximize it, right? You don't want to be paying a lot um, too much in or having not enough withheld. because. The same token, we don't want to get to the end of the year and necessarily have a huge tax bill due or owed because there could be some additional penalties, late right. penalties and those types of things. So, um, you know, pay someone, pay your CPA or whoever a uh, tax preparer that you know, you know, might be worth paying them a hundred bucks to sit down for an hour and have them help you with that math and figure out exactly what you need to be doing. Yeah,
2: we highly recommend that. We would always, we always want to work with your CPA to help figure out those type of uh, questions Plus, I know it's not on our agenda to talk about today, but an advanced planning topic of Roth conversions, which we've talked about in previous podcasts. Those are other things that we'd want to work with your tax accountant on. But definitely working with your accountant to, to minimize your withholding so that you're not giving Uncle Sam that interest-free loan and you're able to use that money for your own benefit.
1: And now, right here in April, even though taxes have been pushed out, returns, we don't turn them in until May 17th now, now's a great time to do this. When you're filing your taxes and you're seeing you get a big refund, you're paying a whole lot. Now's the time to get this fixed, not waiting till this time next year. Okay, budget, goals, taxes. Number four, banking. What should we do about banking to spring clean our finances? David?
2: Yeah, we would recommend that you take a look at if you've got credit cards in your wallet. Now, First of all, uh, if you've attended any of our money school classes, you'll know that we teach people to be very, very responsible and very, very careful with credit cards. But once you learn how to manage that that credit debt smartly, there's some things you can take advantage of by getting, you know, once you've got a good credit score, you can get really good credit card offers from uh, different companies. There's one that, that I like that I use as a business card that gives us something like 2% cash back uh, every month. And that adds up if you, especially if you're a business owner and you've got a lot of business expenses that you're able to put on that card. That can that can help out. So looking for credit cards that give you the maximum amount of benefit, as long as you're a responsible credit card holder who's gonna pay that credit card off in full every month and you're not gonna spend more than than you budget on that card just to try to get some, you know, some ancillary benefits that are um that may or may not be beneficial to you. But there are some, having said that though, if you're responsible with debt, there are some really good credit card offers that you can look at. Um, that might maximize your air miles or maximize your cash back and things like that. You also might want to look at you know, f- just fees that you're paying to your bank on checking, savings, ATM cards, et cetera, and shopping
1: around for that to minimize those those type of banking fees. In today's environment, there are lots of banks out there that charge you zero fees for checking and zero fees for savings and zero fees on ATMs. So if you're looking at your bank statements and you see some fees on there, you might want to start shopping around. Now's the time to do it to spring clean your finances. Okay. So we got budget, financial goals, taxes, banking. All right. What else should we do? Matt, how about review insurance policies? Would now be a good time to review your policies, what you have, and what you don't have? Absolutely. This is this is one of those that I guess I could say like do as I say, not as I do. And I looked up
3: at the beginning of this year and realized I was, I was Uh, very underinsured myself. And so I've actually just submitted this last week, a new life insurance policy for myself because I did a review and it was kind of like, Hey, you know, our situations changed a lot. We, we have a lot more kids than we did when I first (laughs) got my policy that I currently still have. And so, so I'm, I'm applying for more coverage because I realized there was a need there. So it's a great time to see, you know, maybe you have, you don't, maybe you don't have enough, maybe you have too much, maybe your kids have, gone off, you've paid down some debts, your kids are out of school, so maybe you have life insurance or other insurances that you no longer need. So just doing, doing a general review to both both make sure that you're um, taking care of and also that you're not wasting money on policy premiums that you don't and need. And
2: speaking of wasting money, I can also give a personal example here. Um, many of you may know I have a military background and I've been with um, a popular company that works with uh, military uh, people and um and i've been like gosh i've been with them since i was a 1992 since i was a freshman at air force academy and uh when our turn when our son turned 16 i called them up to let them know hey we're gonna have to add this our son to our insurance policy and just you know it was eye popping what the <laughs> insurance premiums and i said you know that and that was kind of the the thing that Motivated me to start shopping around. I had never shopped this company just because I'd been so loyal to them for all these years. Well, I found basically the same coverage from a highly rated company and it was literally like 50% less. Wow. So imagine how much money I, how much money I wasted for how many years, you know, by not simply shopping around because I I felt I was loyal to this, to this company. So, It is important, you know, whether you're talking life insurance needs, you know, in your case, Matt, finding out, oh man, we're underinsured based on our new family situation. Or in my case, man, we're paying way too much money for this auto insurance policy. And you could apply the same concept to your cable bill. And, you know, once a year, spring cleaning time, it's a good, it's a good policy to just simply review all these different things that, and they tend to be on auto draft, right? And those things that are on auto draft are kind of out of sight, out of mind. We forget how much they're paying. And so it makes it easy for these companies to kind of keep slowly turning up that temperature and boiling the frog in the water slowly over time. You all know that analogy. So, yeah, it's very important that you review these things regularly. So to
1: follow up to both of those points, Matt, so what we recommend is 10 to 12 times someone's income for life insurance, level term life insurance. That is, if you have dependents, people depending on you. So that's a rule of thumb. If people out there wondering, well, how much do I need? About ten to twelve years, ten to twelve times your salary. And David, your point on the insurance is, uh, I'd been with a company seventeen years and had a guy call me out of the blue. He says I'd like to quote you. He says, okay, you got to make sure it's apples to apples because there's a lot yep, of variables in right. insurance. And we saved over eleven hundred dollars per year. Yep per year and i've been with that company for 17 years very similar years so if you've been with an insurance company a long period of time that's great shop it doesn't hurt to shop it but make sure it's apples to apples okay folks we're on number six now check your credit report when's the last time we checked our credit report i'm afraid to ask you two here or you three here natalie when's the last time you checked your credit report
0: when i bought a house
1: so recently then good deal David or Matt, either one I'm, of you checked yours you know, I'm, recently. I'm probably
2: going to give you an answer you don't expect. I, I recently checked mine yesterday. I check mine almost every day because I've got an app on my phone called Credit Karma. It's free and literally with the touch of a button, you can check your credit every day. And so I do that because I want to make sure that I don't see something new popping up on my credit report. Like if someone applies for a loan or a mortgage in my name without me knowing it, but the, if you're checking your credit report regularly, that's going to be difficult
1: for um, you to be a victim of identity theft. 20% of Americans have at least one error on their credit report. Matt, you haven't chimed in here, so I'm afraid your silence is telling.
3: Well, I, bought, I, I as well bought a house last fall, and so probably last four or five months ago was when I really looked at it and kind of did a thorough review.
1: Good. See, you guys are above average because most people haven't done that. (laughs) So David, you already gave a a peek under the tent how they can do it. They can go to Credit Karma. They can sign up. They can get their credit report anytime. They can also get your credit score. Two different things. Credit report tells anything that's been opened in the past on you. And to prevent things that David's talking about, someone opening credit in your name, you can do a credit freeze. That means they can no credit can be opened in your name unless you thaw that credit report. And it's all listed there on their websites. And you can go to annualcreditreport.com, annualcreditreport.com, and you can get all three of your credit reports there for free. And I think now, due to COVID, you can get them every day. Uh, Usually, you could only get them once a year. All right, so check that credit report. There's probably an issue on there, and it'll tell you how you can solve it. All right. Last one, number seven, update or create legacy plans. Oh, nobody wants to think about dying, do they, David? No, it's something that we, unfortunately, I guess it's just built into our, and maybe
2: it's a self defense mechanism. We all know that death is a reality and it's a part of life, but we all think it's never going to happen to us. And as a result, a lot of people don't do adequate planning for that. So, it's important to make sure that you've got your legacy plans in place. So if you're over, you know, probably 18 or let's put it this way. If you've, if you're at least out on your own, you've got, you've got a job. You need to have at least a will and a power of attorney in place. You can go to any, any attorney to get that set up. We definitely have attorneys that we can recommend you use. Um, but definitely have a will and a power of attorney in place. The other thing you need to do is uh, if you've already got investment accounts set up, you need to make sure that you've got appropriate beneficiary arrangements on those accounts. One of the things, as we all know that we do here on virtually every client review, is we check beneficiary arrangements on all of our clients' accounts because things change, life changes. You can have a, a child that gets married, her last name changes, that needs to be a beneficiary update or, um, God forbid, a child dies or something, you know, you've got that. Those are Those are life changes where beneficiary
1: updates need to be made. So update or create legacy plans, meaning if you don't have a will or a trust, get it done this year. Plan to get it done. If you don't have this thing called a power of attorney, that simply means there's someone else can do what you can do. If you're incapacitated in a car accident and you can't make a decision, the power of attorney gives them the legal right to make decisions on your behalf. So get that done this year. Mike, Mike,
3: real quick on that note, one thing we see fairly often is someone who set up a trust but hasn't done anything with it. And so if you run out and get a trust, say that makes sense for you, that that's great. But if you don't actually title anything in it, yeah. move your accounts over, list it as the beneficiary on things that need, then it doesn't really matter. It doesn't do do you a yeah. lot of good. So make sure you take the second and third steps after doing some of those things and then go out and update your you know, the beneficiary deed on your home or the beneficiaries on your investment accounts with that new information.
1: Very good point. Very good point. Okay, folks, we covered seven items here. If you didn't get them, go back, listen to this again, but the seven spring cleaning things for your financial affairs. Now, once you've listened to them, set a date to get them done. Circle that date on your home calendar so everyone in the house can see it. That gives you some accountability and then check them off. Get those done. The financial results you desire are always controlled by your actions. Start today to plan your actions and set a date to get them completed. If you wonder about how to do some of these, go to our website, hit the events button, and click on Money School. We've got videos that cover a lot of these. So there's the how, if you don't know the how. Okay, folks, that's it for today. Now, Natalie, tell the folks how they can ask us a question for the podcast.
0: If you email podcast at Mach1FG.com, we would be happy to answer those. Or you can go to our website, mock one fgcom and click on our podcast tab, and there's a form that you can fill out there.
1: Fantastic. Thank you, Natalie, for producing the show and all the behind-the-scenes work it takes to put this podcast on and making us look good on this podcast. All right, folks, I've got a thought of the day today, which is personal to me. Uh, This is by Pat Summit. Some of you may know her. She was the legendary coach for the Lady Volunteers in Tennessee. And the reason it's personal is my sister played for her and won two national championships and went to four Final Fours. And I knew Pat uh, personally. Pat passed away due to early onset Alzheimer's. Wonderful lady. And here's one of her words of wisdom. Accountability is essential to personal growth as well as team growth. How can you improve if you're never wrong? If you don't admit a mistake and take responsibility for it, you're bound to make the same one again. Folks, we talked about the seven spring cleaning things to do today. If you don't set a date to get it done, it won't get done. And and if you haven't got it done, that's the mistake. We want to fix that so you can have a better future. Folks, that's it for today. We appreciate you listening to the podcast. We look forward to you joining us next time. On the Mach 1 market moment.
0: Mach 1 Financial Group Inc., Mach 1, is an SEC registered investment advisor located in Bentonville, Arkansas. Mach 1 may only transact business in those states in which it maintains a notice filing or qualifies for an exemption or exclusion from registration requirements. SEC registration does not constitute an endorsement of the firm by the Commission, nor does it indicate that the advisor has attained a particular skill level or ability. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. All investment strategies have the potential for profit or loss. The information presented is the sole opinion of the speaker and is not meant to be investment advice. Mock 1 does not provide tax or legal advice. You should speak with your tax or legal advisor regarding your specific situation. For full disclosures, please visit wwwmock one slash disclosures.